Welcome back, chumps. Thanks for tuning into this week's installment of the Fantasy Chumps podcast. Episode 92, and we're halfway through the 2023 NFL season. In this episode, we're talking about, as always, recent injury news across the league, as well as some trending players through the halfway point. A um, couple bonus segments as well as we kick off the episode. We've got a fan-submitted question, uh, which was fun to discuss, as well as our much heated debate around your favorite household appliance. Um, we also slip in a, a bonus bonus segment as we talk about our predictions for the 2023 MVP. But as always, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support and enjoy the episode. Yo, what is up? chumps welcome back to another weekly edition of the fantasy chumps podcast and we have a full crew today it's great everybody's here it's so good i don't know why but the past few days do you guys ever get in your head about not saying a certain word i can't say i do what word was on your mind no because i just don't enjoy it when i say like when oh yeah, yeah. I, I hate doing that it, it, you know it's different if it's oh i like chocolate ice cream mm-hmm. but when i try to like do that yeah. i i've been trying to like get better about it so it's been in my head it's, a lot so i was just wondering if that happens it's one of my least favorite things about listening to my own voice <laughs> sometimes when i go back and listen to these podcasts after the fact yeah I'm trying so hard right now not to use that word because yeah. I've almost used it twice already. But <laughs> so that's the thing that I think English 1000 professors like, oh, dang, I did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <you> did. <laughs> that's one of those words that they drill into your head is, hey, just pause. Yeah. You'll sound more intelligent. And pause. I know that. Don't say it. I've gotten really good about not saying, um, I think, but that's, that's where I struggle for sure. I do a lot of uhs and ums and likes. It's bad. I've gotten that one, but I've noticed I do like a lot. I do like a lot. Also, it bugs me. I've also, I've also noticed I use it in text all the time and it's even more cringy to me whenever I read it on a text message rather than hearing myself say it. So there's been several times where I've gone back specifically texting you Layton I've gone back and I've removed like from the sentence because it's just not necessary. You know, you did so. you did edit a lot of those text messages on Sunday, so I thought you were no. really mad oh at me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just took time to respond to them. I don't think I edited that many. I think I maybe edited one. Yeah. John sent me a book on Sunday, Nate. But anyway, we're here to talk about fantasy football, not not my Actually, my bold I do, prediction. I do have one more off the wall question for you guys just out of curiosity what do you guys set your thermostats to in the winter Mm. this is a this is a hot debate because you know i live in texas right okay you don't count nate what is your thermostat set to not right now not on a day like today where it's 70 degrees but if it's 40 degrees outside what do you set your heat to okay if it's that's the big thing is in my apartment i have like cool and heat settings 
So typically, right. so for my air conditioning unit, my heat setting gets like so hot. And so if I set it to typically I'm around 71, 72 degrees, I would say if I'm cold, I need to bump that up to 73 ish. If I'm because it's still blowing cold air out, John, like it's still cold. Yeah. If it's hot, I have to bring it down to like 69. Haha. Nice. <laughs> but, but okay. It, that's just the nature of my apartment. Like if it's 74 and it's cool, it's still pretty cold in my apartment. Because I was I gonna say sweatpants. I living in Texas don't have to turn on the heat a ton. When it gets really cold, I do, and I turn to 71, 72 with heat. When it's AC during the summer, I have it around 72, probably 71. And then when I go to sleep, I turn it down though. So when I go to sleep tonight, because right now it's set at 72 AC, I'll turn it down to 70 and go to sleep with that. John, John, what do you got to say? No, he, he's, he's, he's a 68 guy. I'm sweating just listening to this. See, I, I knew John. What? He's a 68 guy. So, it might actually be lower than that. Anything, regardless of the season, anything over 70, I'm like, I'm bare bones. Like, I'm walking around shirt off, like, probably in just a pair of gym shorts. Just, I can't. Well, if you I ever, cannot hang. If you ever visit me, I'll, I'll turn it up to 72 just for that. All right, deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If So we were talking about this at work the other day of, like, where the maximum is on either end of the spectrum. So... In the winter, the coolest I would ever be comfortable with it being is probably 64, 65. That's freezing. At that point, I think I would start to get uncomfortably cold. But otherwise, I'd probably be walking around in sweatshirt, sweatpants, like probably use a blanket on the couch. But to me, I grew up in a farmhouse that the wind literally blew through our front door. So <laughs> that's normal for... <laughs> It's yeah. just been kind of cooler. And in the summer, we had window air conditioning units. So if it got hot in your room, you just crank the AC in your room and it doesn't affect anybody else. So that was actually kind of a nicer component hmm. of yeah. growing up that way. I know this is super off the wall. I was just, I wanted to get your guys' takes on it. I thought it was a, a decent intro no, conversation was... to get things started. But so in the winter, maximum I would let it go is 64, 65 prefer for it to be 68 or cooler probably I'm, I'm, after it gets over 68 i'm like eh. i i call and then I knew John. in the summer i definitely don't want it warmer than 68 so yeah i say in the same range regardless of the season but yeah, yeah if you get over if you get over 70 nah, can't Nate is i'm checking right now yeah, uh, check. <laughs> i am i am on cool setting right now i'm on cool one one fan so one out of three is the the scale of my fans' uh, intensity, I suppose. Yeah, fancy. It's at a, it's at a one. It's set at seventy one degrees, and I'm a little cold, but I'm in a long sleeve shirt and shorts. I feel comfortable right now. I'm in seventy two, just the normal. Because that's if I was if I was short sleeve shirt right now, I would be cold at the seventy one degrees. So I'm in a very thin t shirt and a pair of short basketball shorts, no socks. And it's set at 69 right now, and I'm a little, nice. I'm a little warm. 
I think I think at the end of the day, it's just not all AC units are created equal. That is very true. That's true. So the science behind that, actually, because I'm a a construction guy, depending on where your unit is in the stack of like your building, and then which direction your windows face, have a astronomical Mm -hmm. effect of the temperature in your unit. Okay, that is true because my office building is so cold up until lunch and in the afternoon the sun shines on it a lot more it gets so hot so that's that's also due to the schedule of your hvac unit typically offices catch up by that 11 12 1 uh, o'clock time period because they drop they're scheduled to drop down to like 60 or 62 in the evening when nobody's there because it's expensive to condition that space sure. when nobody gets an impact from it so that unit works really really hard in the morning to get back to the resting temperature when it's um, when people are in there so then it catches up in the afternoon and it gets warmer but also the sun has a big impact on that the type of windows that you have in the tent and we need to talk about football so okay no quick (laughs) that was awesome quick story before we move on because john will he'll lose his mind i was coming back home for winter break in college i believe it was soft more year maybe sophomore junior around there doesn't matter i walk in my parents house it is so hot i was in sweatpants and i had a fleece on i immediately threw that off i was like i was just thinking what is what does this sit at i go look 78 nope i'm out it was put me up for adoption it was miserable (laughs) I, i i fixed it though so Anyway, Nate, I know you wanted to talk about a fantasy league dilemma with one of your good pals. Yep. So that was a great intro, I thought. That really, that was kind of the icebreaker. We're into the episode now. We're chit-chatting. But this was a kind of a funny incident that that happened yesterday. I was at work, and my buddy Christian, uh, shout out Christian, he called me up. I couldn't take his call at the moment. Uh, had to call him after work, but he said that there was a dilemma in his fantasy league that was going on, and he needed my commentary around it. And so I wanted to toss it to you all. But here's kind of the situation. So in this league, one of the one of the members oh, was boy. playing against his opponent, who was seven and one on the season so far. So the member who was playing against this guy had a kicker who was on bye week that was slotted into his in his roster. Okay. <laughs> this was going into Monday night football. This guy was only down 4 points to the guy that was 7 and 1. All right. So, however, both of the <laughs> kickers playing on Monday night football were available before kickoff. Okay. So, Christian, my friend, who's also commissioner and kind of wanted the seven and one guy to lose, said, told the guy that had the kicker on bye week in his roster to go and pick up one of those guys. Before he did that, the other guy he was playing and snatched both kickers up to box him out. He dropped two players who were on bye week to get the two kickers. (laughs) And he has like all of his fab budget left and is just going to get those players back <laughs> after this week is over just basically solidifying his win for the week is that 
basically Christian was asking me, he was like, is this legal? Is this collusion? I think it's perfectly fair. I think that's just, that's just some tenacity. <laughs> uh, John, you can go first. Yeah, that's totally in bounds. That's honestly being a smart manager, you know, you get your fab, you choose how to use it. And I would have done the exact same thing if it also depends. <laughs> I assume that this game obviously mattered quite a bit because so there's another team that would have taken over the top seed if he would have lost. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what the situation was with that, but yeah, we could assume that. Uh, assuming that there is, yeah, that is, I mean, that's, that's an all time move. I'm going to brag about that move for the rest of my fantasy days. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember week 10 of the season or week nine of the season, whenever there's a guy who didn't set his lineup and he's going into Monday night game, both kickers were available. I picked him up had all of my fab left, got the same guys that I dropped for those two kickers to prevent him from scoring. Yeah. What did the giants end up putting up points in that game? The Jets, the Jets. or the Jets. They put up they six kicked points. two field goals. Oh, okay. So they okay. would have lost. With so either. yeah, both, both kickers, I think would have won that other player, the matchup. That's crazy. No. Yeah. That's, that's totally fair. No, that's, that's, you're not breaking any. That's rules. totally fair. It's, it's a great move. It's almost it reminds me of when I picked up Taysom Hill when he's the starting quarterback, but still is this tight end in the playoffs. It's totally legal. Is it a is it a little scummy? Maybe it's the gray area. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a gray area. I just it you show your true colors, <laughs> but hey, yeah. if it guarantees you a win, yeah, I I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I think it, it just seems like going to an it's going to an unnecessary extent a little bit, I think. Yeah, like, for sure. I don't know if I'd be dropping two, like, legitimate players that are on bye week. I, if you have the fab budget to get them back, by all means, I guess you can do that. But I guess thinking of it from that guy who's 7-1, and one, I mean, another win, if you're 8-1, and one, you've probably locked up a bye in the yeah, playoffs. It's worth it. So, yeah. like, that's an important win if and, you can do yeah. that. And, and I mean, I'm so, assuming... The two players on by aren't. It's not you know AJ Brown. Yeah. For example, like I would not risk a win dropping AJ Brown to guarantee a win. For example, if right. if no other team in the league had all of their fab left, would you do it? And then just blow all my fab getting him back. Yeah. Maybe for if I had if I only had to pick up one kicker. But if you have to pick up right. two, yeah. yeah. If you only, if yeah. you knew uh, as a certainty, hey, I just forfeit all my fab or up to whatever a dollar higher than 60. the maximum we'll bid 60. was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You do that in a heartbeat. That's so. true. Yeah, but with two, yeah. that makes it a little more risque, in my opinion. Right. So that's cool. That's a really interesting person. Yeah, I think props to that guy. That, that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we're gonna shout that guy out. Good for him. <laughs> do what you got to do. Cutthroat fantasy football. There's Playing no chess. in fantasy. Hey, yep. Chase is still mad at me for Taysom Hill. And you know what? I, I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> You're the bigger person. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I just meant I moved on in the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah. I, thank you. Thank you, John. So let's move on to some injuries slash news. I'm going to speed through these first four in 
you just pick up with whatever. So Daniel Jones tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Cam Akers tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. I feel so bad for that dude. Darren Waller goes on IR. Those guys will be out for a while. Do any of those stick out to you that you want to highlight? Or anything besides not being hopeful of any Giants players stands out with that? Why do you feel better or why do you feel bad for Cam Akers? He literally tore his Achilles a year and a half ago. His other one. His career right. his career is over. If it's not the same one, I feel like it's not. Uh, two Achilles? Hey. For a running didn't, back. Didn't like some big name running back tear his Achilles late in his career and then come back from it? I have no idea. <laughs> I think that happened a couple years ago. I, I could be totally wrong, but also I feel like Cam Akers is kind of a punk. Not going to lie. Okay. Well, do you know him? <laughs> it, the way he separated himself from the Rams last year, I don't know. Hey, it's two, there's two sides to restore, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we'll just move on then since John hates Cam Akers. And <laughs> we'll go to such an irrelevant conversation. <laughs> Got a couple other injuries. I, I want to talk about this a little bit. Jalen Waddle, I swear he gets hurt every game with something, and then he just plays through it. I it's like Julio Julio Jones. He always has an injury designation, and yeah. he always plays. But I, I would maybe trade him in a dynasty league. Anyway, Drake London did not play. He should play next week, hopefully. Joshua Palmer went on the IR before this past weekend, very late, maybe on Saturday. I put Quentin Johnston time question mark. That didn't hold up as well. Do you think there's any hope for him for the rest of the season? Or do you think it was just a bad matchup? For QJ? Yeah, because Justin Herbert only threw for 140, 150. (sighs) Yeah, I'm going to honestly kind of chalk that up to just – it was a very weird Monday night game. Like, the Chargers got up to 14 points. Yeah, I the Chargers were up 14 points, I think, before – I don't know if they even gained 50 yards of offense and had a two-touchdown lead. And once you get up two touchdowns against the Jets, it's extremely hard for them to come back from that. And Chargers defense played pretty well. They got, I mean, pass rush was getting home. Mm-hmm. So it was like that game was kind of just over in the first 10 minutes. So <laughs> I think it was kind of game script that was harsh on QJ. So I yeah. did, I definitely do think he could be better as the year goes on. I don't think I'm racing to the waiver wire to pick him up though, if he's available. Like if I have an empty spot or, if you know, if I have like Brandon Cooks on my roster, I would definitely drop Brandon Cooks and go get QJ. I would just, instead for I'd just a guy just with higher upside. Brandon Cooks. That was just an example. I mean, there's, I there's probably just... better ones out there, but I would probably try and get QJ if I have, if it's a situation like that. But I'm not rushing to play him this week, and I'm not really rushing to add him necessarily. Rest of season, Michael Thomas or QJ. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say Michael Thomas. I think that's kind of a safe pick, but I'm going to stick with the 
I'll I'm gonna with, let I'm gonna let Quentin Johnson go beat me because I haven't seen it yet. I'll go with QJ for the upside because over the past few weeks it's been pretty rough for Michael Thomas. His the last game against the Bears, he had zero fantasy points. So uh Jerry Judy or QJ rest of the year. Judy. Jerry Judy. He has to take Judy. Yeah. I think the upside's there for I think the upside's there for QJ. I really do. Yeah. If if it turns out, that's another question, but I don't think you need to spend a waiver priority on him. I mean, if you're in a fab system, then it doesn't matter. But if you're just in a rolling waiver, I don't think you have to claim him. No. But I would probably roster him this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I probably would too. Okay, sorry, moving on. I, I don't know why I was just staring at the, the script. And <laughs> So Dallas Goddard got hurt. I think he broke his forearm wrist somewhere in there. Most likely going on the IR. This is obviously good news for AJ Brown and Devontae Smith fans. Oh. Owners. <laughs> tell you, tell us how you feel about that. Oh, that's great. It, it's <laughs> it's kind of mixed feelings for you, I'm sure, because you have AJ Brown, but you also had Goddard. Yeah, but Goddard so. was my backup tight end, so I'm feeling better about yeah. it. But I think Devontae Smith obviously had that insane touchdown catch. I feel as though he's been a little quieter over the past few weeks besides yeah. that play. So I think this is huge for him. In the games that he Definitely. didn't play last year, I know he – in the games that Goddard didn't play last year, Devontae Smith kind of popped off. So, Yeah, I, I think he's good. the big winner out of this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Christian Watson got hurt with an upper, upper, upper body injury. Left the game, didn't come back. Josh Jones suffered a knee injury. Also left the game, didn't come back. Monitor those. If you have Romeo Dobbs, I would go pick him up, potentially. If if not, I, I don't know what to do with Christian Watson. But Did you say something, John? I'm sorry. No, I'm just shaking my head. Oh. Like He was he was struggling with hamstring injuries oh. coming into the year and whatever the upper body injury is. I don't He's just a he's he, an enigma. He was on me. my do not draft <laughs> list before the season. I don't have him anywhere. Yeah. And then proud, one thing proud I, dynasty owner. Huh? <laughs> I said proud dynasty owner. Nice. On you want to touch on George Pickens. That was our last sure. last item. So it was a big topic of discussion after the Thursday night game. Deontay Johnson scoring his first touchdown since the 2021 season, if I remember that correctly. It had, it had been like a year and a half since he found the end zone. Um, obviously, the team was happy for him. Everybody was pretty excited. And <laughs> the cameras panned to Pickens, and he is sitting there with his, like, ski mask on. Like, you know, the... the the thing they the pullover that they wear under their helmet and he just looks pissed i mean <laughs> he he is down in the dumps he's not happy he's not not having a good time and i think there was an altercation with mike tomlin i don't know if it was on the field or i i can't remember the story exactly it's I'm, it's been a little while since the thursday night game and i haven't looked into it but i remember the the punchline to the story is 
Following the game, George Pickens unfollowed the Steelers, unfollowed Mike Tomlin, unfollowed Kenny Pickett, unfollowed Deontay Johnson, and then posted a black screen on his Instagram story. And in the bottom right corner, like in tiny font, he said, free me. (laughs) And like, I'm not here to say that George Pickens doesn't deserve this sort of credit, but I feel like you're not a big enough name to be posting that sort of thing. Like that seems, that feels like a Chase Claypool 2.0 situation where he called him, didn't he call himself a top three wide receiver in the league? Top Chase five. Claypool yeah. did? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Does, does anybody else remember that? I do. Vaguely. Yeah. So he called himself a top three wide receiver in the league and essentially demanded a trade. How the Steelers got a first round pick for that, I still don't Second understand. Round Second round pick. Uh, still absolutely wild. But yeah, George Pickens is on the outs in Pittsburgh, allegedly. You know, the trade deadline passed and he didn't get moved, so we'll see what happens. But uh, um, yeah, pretty pretty interesting stuff there in Pittsburgh. Definitely. I just That's so dramatic, I feel like. I mean, I can feel his frustration for playing in pittsburgh like that would be awful as a receiver like it's just the fact of the matter is is you're playing in like a bottom five offense and so there's not going to be that much to be had and like before while deontay johnson was out george pickens was the only guy there pretty much and he had some success it wasn't he had some good games actually um but went a little quiet since deontay's return Dead silent. I, yeah, you just gotta. He had, I, he had two catches for minus one yard. You just, right. I don't know. You just gotta. I mean, you won the game. You shouldn't have won the game. You got <laughs> outgained by Tennessee. Like your offense looked terrible. You got bailed out by T.J. Watt again in the defense. Uh, I don't know. That's super dramatic, though. <laughs> I honestly, uh, I don't know. That's all I'm gonna say on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So, Nate, this is actually your section next. Oh, yes. Point. All right. So, officially now, halfway through the NFL regular season uh, for 2023, um, I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts in regards to the MVP race right now. So, if we were going to predict who the MVP is going to be at the end of the season from where we are right now, who do we think it's going to be? And before I turn this over to you guys, and I think this is very interesting because the MVP race is wide open right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you guys probably the top six odds favorites to win the MVP right now. Um, in a three-way tie for the favorite at plus 350, we've got Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. All at plus 350. Uh, in fourth place is Tua at plus 650. Joe Burrow at plus 700. And then Christian McCaffrey at plus 1400. <laughs> if you guys were going to pick somebody, if you had to bet 100 of your own dollars on somebody to win an MVP, who would you be putting it on right now? John, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I... John, I want you to go first, and then I want you to guess who you think my answer is. 
Because we, we we briefly talked about this beforehand, and John, and I thought we had the same person in mind, but apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. If I'm putting a hundred of my own dollars on it, I am probably picking Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's either got 21 or 22 total touchdowns to this point. He's been very effective on the ground. He's running the ball a lot. The passing success has come on here lately. It wasn't as strong in the beginning of the season. But I think one thing that has remained consistent with the NFL is that they like a good story. Mm -hmm. And kind of whoever is the hot topic, it almost seems, I'm not going to say scripted, but it almost seems as if the NFL knows what it wants. They know who they want the MVP to be, and that heavily dictates the media and ultimately who ends up getting selected. So I personally think Patrick Mahomes has zero chance of being the NFL MVP this year. I would never put money on him outside of just an absolutely electric second half of the year, and I still don't know that he would get it. I think he would if he had electric. I don't know. I, think I, I, guess, it's, I guess there's enough competition right now mm-hmm. on a like a pretty even playing surface that it could happen but with Jalen Hurts it can change a lot over the next four games if you look at their schedule the Eagles could very easily go two and two over the next four games and that could totally change this conversation so I'm gonna put an asterisk next to this and say if they go three and one or four and oh over the next four I think Jalen Hurts is pretty locked in as the MVP but the way the season ended last year, the success that they had last year, they're still the best team in the NFL record-wise right now. It just seems that Jalen Hurts, as of now, should be the MVP favorite. And I'm just going to go ahead and stick with that, that maybe they don't repeat what they've done in the first half of the season, but his numbers are good enough to give him the edge. And I think the NFL wants Jalen Hurts to be the MVP because the Eagles get talked about so much and whenever they lose like um, they've only lost the one game to the jets but i feel like it was just a like it, it was just a trace in the wind and then it was gone mm-hmm. layton nate do you want to go first or no you sorry i i really don't have a guess as to who okay. your mvp pick is going to be i i really it's don't okay it, it, you don't have to so okay sorry. so far it should be christian mccaffrey I'm going to – he's not going to win it. But it should be Christian McCaffrey because when he didn't play, they were – it was almost as though it was a car without any wheels. They He scored in every game this season <laughs> a touchdown, <laughs> at least one, which is crazy. I think he's on maybe a 13-game streak with a touchdown in the regular season or something like that. And that's who I'd pick right now. But if I'm betting $100 on it, I'm betting on Joe Burrow. Wow. I hate it as much as everybody else in this <laughs> on the chumps. But everybody's talking about how – and he is playing good. But I feel like the narrative set up, he, didn't, he struggled to start the season. He's hurt. Now he's been playing good. They're on a four-game win streak, and 
things are trending up. If he can win that division over Baltimore, who's so ahead of them, and he continues putting up these numbers, I think Joe Burrow is going to win the MVP. Because the media, that's huh? That's go ahead, go ahead. The media love Joe Burrow. That that was all I was going to say, Nate. <laughs> I was, I think, Layton. I've actually heard a lot of like I've heard takes from experts on this, and they're saying the same thing. I think it's so hard though. But I guess the MVP vote and the MVP award is it's very narrative based. It should be Patrick Mahomes every year, but they yeah. can't do that. I mean, do you can you rule out Joe Burrow's first three games of the season when he looked like a below average quarterback? You don't like, have to I know he was hurt. Yeah, but... they have the injury card. It's like, oh no, I was just hurt. Doesn't matter. And now that's I'm kinda healthy. Uh, but so in the NBA it doesn't work that way. If you don't play 75 games of the season you're not going to be mvp because that's part of it you just have to play yeah most of the games at a high level or, or else you're just kind of out of the running so uh, and i understand it's a completely different league sure. but burrow was bad through the first four and really mm-hmm. he was bad on his sixth game also yeah he uh, i don't i i don't know he would have to just really continue like he would have to play the same way he's played the last two weeks for the rest of the season yeah and i just don't see that but patrick Mahomes should win it because he's the best player in the league by far and uh i think go ahead i was gonna say i think Mahomes actually has a good shot this year because his wide receivers are so bad (laughs) i i think i think they already kind of used that narrative last year with Mahomes was the new wide receiver core uh I, I am with John. I don't think there's any chance Mahomes can win it un- unless he goes nuclear. Like, let's say everybody else is kind of continuing at the same trajectory and Mahomes just pops off and has a great yeah. final eight games. Like, he, I think he could get it in that case. But uh, I'm going to give you guys a dark horse, and I I don't love saying Brock this. Brock Purdy. No, not Brock Purdy. I if I was... I'm not going to, I am not going to put a hundred of my own dollars on this, but maybe I'll put like 10 or 15. I think it could be Jared Goff. Oh my gosh. Dude. As the MVP. Wow. If we're going to talk about narratives, I think the narrative around the Lions franchise right now really supports Jared Goff's case. Jared Goff has been fine through the first half of the season so far. He's probably top 10 in about every passing category you can think of. I've got some stats pulled up right now, but it's also kind of skewed because he just had his bye week, so he's played one less game than everybody. Um, It could be Jared Goff sitting at plus 4,000 right now. Um, (laughs) If you also kind of got – if I'm saying this now because if you were going to bet on Jared Goff, I think now is the right time to do it because – they have Josh, five, five to six very winnable games coming up against Chargers, Bears, Packers, Bears, Broncos. Ugly. I think if he goes, let's say, okay, did I just say five games? If he goes four and one over those next five, I think you see his odds diminish, I guess. I think they would move from quick, quickly move from plus 4,000 to plus like 900 or something 
Like, I think if the lines keep going, they keep getting some, you know, traction in the media and whatnot. I, I, I think it's building a strong case for him, but that would be disgusting. They really, MVP. <laughs> the Lions really only have three losable games the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they weren't very good. And right it's here. New or I mean, they could lose to New Orleans. They could lose to Dallas. They will lose to Dallas. And then I guess they could lose to the Chargers. Yeah. No, the, the Chargers is definitely one of their hardest games because the Chargers are on a winning streak, low-key. I just don't know if Goff's numbers are quite there. Man, I'm glad we didn't have Josh on as a guest this episode. I I think he would need to improve on off of what he's shown so far, stats wise. But I think if the Lions keep winning, let's say the Lions finish this season, what are they right now? Have they lost two? Yeah. Let's say they finish the season with two two more losses, so they're thirteen and four. Okay. And Jared Goff is. Top five in passing yards, which I kind of believe he could be. He's top five to eight in touchdowns. Doesn't have a ton of interceptions, which he doesn't this year. I I think he kind of checked those two boxes of very strong narrative with the Lions and then also some stats to support it. He's got to get the touchdowns going. Right yeah. now he's 10 touchdowns behind Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Total. Total touchdowns. Total touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be tough to overcome, especially if the Eagles continue on what they're doing. If the Eagles right. lose three or less games this year, I think it's got to go to Jalen Hurts. But what what's the most games that your team can lose and still win MVP? Four, five, four, five, four. Does does Josh Allen have any chance no. at this point? I don't no. think you can lose your division. Uh, you can't lose your division, which he will do. Yeah. I I think you have your team has to be one or two in the conference because statistically Josh Allen has the best numbers in the league, and it's probably not close. Are interceptions good? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, it is true. Uh, he's I think he's leading <laughs> passing touchdowns. Or he's up there in passing touchdowns, up there in passing yards. Total touchdowns, he's touchdowns. probably first. Yards, he's probably first. Yeah. He could be first in interceptions. I don't know. He's thrown one a game, and then he had three in week one. <laughs> if you take out week... But if you take out week one, he's no different in interceptions than Jared Goff, really. Yeah, but... And we're making the same argument, but on a five-game basis for Joe Burrow. Yeah, but the media loves Joe Burrow. Josh Allen's on the cover of Madden. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Madden's a dying franchise. Oh. Yeah, I, I think the only, I think, I think they would be quick to put the crown on Josh Allen as MVP if the Bills were better. I think it's just yes. it's the team's success right now so, that's hurting him. Okay, you're talking about a comeback story though. If the Bills win out, yeah, not saying it's likely, but if the Bills <laughs> win out, Josh Allen's the MVP. I mean, I, I yes. think you could make a strong argument for that. Dude, they have such a hard schedule, which backs up your point. Let's play the Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Dolphins, and the Jets. Yeah, they don't have... They they have one gimme on that schedule, which is this week. 
No, the Broncos. Oh, I think the Patriots is getting me by week 17, but either or. Yeah. Anyway, should we uh, move on to the rest of the show? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I no, that was kind of no, it was all good, but I, we, we were on a roll. We, 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 this one's gone a little long. <laughs> uh, so next we're going to talk about players that are trending up and trending down. We have a lot listed. Somebody put rapid, rapid fire, maybe. Yeah. Uh, John, go first. All right. I. Do you want me to hit the top, or you want me to pick one out? Just pick one. Just pick, I'll, right. I'll highlight it to make sure we don't double talk. Okay, I'm gonna highlight Isaiah Pacheco, mm. and I think this one came as a surprise to Nate. Well, at least to Layton. I don't know if Nate was surprised by it or not, but. I'm going to say Isaiah Pacheco is trending down. Uh, I don't know if it's a result of how the last two games went. I don't know how to feel about it. Nobody was really excited about Pacheco coming into this year, right? I mean, he was not a highly drafted guy. He fell way down on everybody's boards. A lot of people passed on him. I didn't draft him anywhere. I considered making a trade for him in Dynasty a couple of times, but he, over the last two weeks, fantasy production has not been there. He's scored 6.7 and 6.6 points. Snap percentage has really stayed the same. His carries are down a little bit over the last three weeks, if you average it, but not a ton. Um, Hasn't found the end zone since week seven, and that was on a reception. He hasn't ran in a touchdown since week five. And we've got Philadelphia coming up in week 11, which is not a game that I expect Pacheco to have a huge fantasy production week. Mm-hmm. After that, you got the Raiders and the Packers, but then you turn around and play the Bills. So it's a combination of, hey, I really don't love the schedule coming up. He hasn't gotten in the end zone a ton, which is what you're looking for. Um, I will say after the Eagles, especially coming from a bye week where – his ranking when you first click on his profile is going to look really bad. And he's got three bad games in a row. I think he's going to be a buy low target, but right now he's trending down in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, I would trade for him if he could, because I think after that Eagles game, he could go off. Sure. I agree. Nate, do you want to go next? I know you're dying to go. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm itching to go. Uh, this guy, I was pretty excited to talk about. Um, I actually think this is a great time to go and get this guy if you can, but I'm going to talk about Jake Ferguson, tight end of the, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, he's kind of been trending up recently. He's had two great performances back to back. Um, Put up about 15 points against the Rams in week eight. Uh, had four catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And then had a, a very good performance against the Eagles. Uh, 22 points, uh, 10 targets, also had a touchdown. I It's kind of tough because he is trending up. So if somebody already owns him, I think the odds are is they're probably starting him. Um, so you're going to have to send back a pretty solid, I mean, tight end piece in exchange, but if you've got somebody, I'll think of a player comp in a little bit, but I think Jake Ferguson is better even than what he's shown over the last couple of weeks. I think he had a, 
probably, in my opinion, what was a touchdown get called back or not called back, but I guess overturned yeah. in the Philadelphia game, caught it at the goal line. However, they decide to mark the ball when it is a goal line situation, they called him down short of the line. Um, and so that took six points off the board for him. Um, I, so I think his, I mean, what he's done over the last couple of weeks could have even been that much better. Uh, he seems to be a kind of a favorite target of Dak Prescott right now. He's on the field all the time. Uh, you know, bordering almost 90% snap share over the last three games. Uh, and I think it's just going to keep getting better as he gets, uh, you know, more comfortable in the offense. Um, I think his opportunities are going to keep going up as it seems like he's maybe almost the second pass top passing option in Dallas right now outside of CD lamb. We saw Jalen Tolbert get a little love, but Brandon Cooks has been, you know, pretty quiet this year. Michael Gallup has not done a whole lot outside of a couple great performances. So I think Jake Ferguson is a guy I'd really like to go get. Um, I'm thinking right now, if I was to do like a, maybe a trade comp for him, I don't know if somebody else would take this. Let's say that they have Jake Ferguson and they could use some additional wide receiver depth. I would try to maybe send like Kyle Pitts and like maybe I wouldn't say Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's a little too rich, but um, George Pickens, George Pickens, (laughs) Zay Flowers, maybe if somebody's kind of into the (laughs) rookie Zay Flowers, you could do it. But if you can sell them on, you know, the potential upside of Kyle Pitts going forward and then, have him take a swing on a rookie wide receiver. Uh, I think I would, I think Jake Ferguson from here on for the rest of the season is a top five tight end. Whoa. Oh, Nate went there. Top five. I went there. Nate went top five. There. I think you have Kelsey the rest of the way. Sure. Hawkinson the rest of yeah. the way. Mark Andrews, the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting Laporta. one. Of guy. I'm, you put Laporta there, not George Kittle. You don't think Kincaid, Cole Komet, Kincaid, Taysom Hill? No, not not Cole Komet. Um, Just said two touchdowns. He did, and he'll have zero points next week. Oh, is that a bet? Ooh. No, it's not. A bet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like that's I just how he Kincaid. goes. <laughs> I think Kincaid. Honestly, okay. Gabe Davis. I would put Kincaid in there. Kincaid. Dude, Johnny Smith. What about Con- Evan, Con- Evan Ingram? Confidently top seven. I think he could sneak into top five, though. What, what about Johnny I Smith? Would put, I would put Evan Ingram and Dalton Kincaid in there before him. I don't think Dalton Schultz, although I love Dalton Schultz. He's been very good this year. I don't. I think Jake Ferguson could easily surpass wow. him for the rest of the way. Wow. Okay. I like that. Didn't top seven. Owen top Wilson seven. On the podcast. interesting okay well wow wow Uh, i was gonna talk about aj brown but we already talked about him so i will skip over that i'm gonna talk about gosh that sounds like i'm just talking about my my team i'm gonna talk about ramondre stevenson i promise john and nate i'm not just talking about my team okay ramondre stevenson has quietly had a mini breakout over the past month. So 
the past four games for Ramondre has been 18 fantasy points, 14 and a half, seven against the Dolphins, and then 23 this past week against the Commanders. His next game is against the Colts, a bye week, and then he has the Giants and the Chargers after that. This is, I'm, I would start him everywhere, and I think they have to start giving him more touches, right, John? He's, yeah. He's splitting the backfield with Zeke, I know, but huh. Zeke just hasn't been good. And just to keep it short, he's also got gotten a lot of receptions too in that five, sorry, in that four week span. He has five, six, two, and four receptions. Again, that two was in the down week against the Dolphins with the seven points. But in those other three weeks, he's had four plus receptions. We're not even talking about targets, we're talking about catches. So He's been pretty salty the past month, so I would definitely be excited if I had Ramondre Stevenson. I'm again, don't expect like a top five or top ten finish, but definitely a lot better than what you were getting for the first, you know, month and a half of the season. So, Nate, or sorry, John, you're next. All right, I am gonna roll with DK Metcalf. Ooh. This is a guy who I'm actually a pretty big fan of in fantasy. I honestly don't know why. He's just – I don't know if anybody else feels this way about players, but you just have some guys that you just kind of like, and you don't you don't really have a great reason for it, but you just do. I understand. DK's kind of been one of those guys for me. But the sad reality is that his fantasy production has been very mid – so he's missed he's he's has a bye week and then he missed the game against Arizona. So he has set out two games, but he's wide receiver 46 on the season. Last week against Baltimore, he's coming off a four target game where he had one catch for 50 yards. So obviously the big play ability was there, but the week prior against the Browns, he had 14 targets and then the game before that he had nine. So the volume has been there. I don't know if this is a Geno Smith problem. I don't know if it's a DK Metcalf problem. He's only found the end zone twice this season. Touchdowns are the hardest thing to predict in fantasy, but they're also the most valuable thing. So if you if you can target guys who are getting into the end zone, regardless of their usage, they're just they're productive fantasy players. So again, maybe the touchdowns just haven't been there for DK, and they're going to come later on in the season. But right now he's really, he's trending down. I mean, he hasn't scored above 13 points since week three and granted he's only played in three games, but (laughs) he's overall for the season beyond 13 points. He's only had the one game, which was week three. So Mm -hmm. 17 points is a season high. It's just not really what you expect from DK Metcalf. It's not where you drafted him at. He has to be a trending down candidate and I don't know that I love his schedule. He plays Washington this week, mm-hmm. followed by the Rams. Then it's San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia. That is brutal. Yeah, he hasn't been very good this year. I don't think DK Metcalf has brighter days ahead, unfortunately. So maybe it's just a down year. Maybe you trade for him in Dynasty as a buy-low candidate. But from a redraft standpoint, I'm probably looking to trade DK Metcalf because I don't think he's going to be much more valuable than what he is right now. Hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy, but you can get a lot for his name. That's why you can still trade him away right now because his name alone can get you. Yeah, I agree. Something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't, 
I mean, it's worth something, you know. For sure. I, would, yeah. So, if somebody offered you DK for Jake Ferguson, would you entertain it? Yeah. You want to talk to the Jake Ferguson lover? <laughs> you want to know what I would do? Yeah. Well, I mean, would... I uh, it would. That's hard because it depends on the situation. So I think let's say he offered like, you Pitts, Pitts and DK for Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Cool. You have to hit accept, right? I would. Yeah, I think you got to hit accept. Sorry, you cut out for me. What'd you say? If somebody offers Pitts and DK for Jake Ferguson, you have to take that, right? Yeah, you do, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's gross, it's, you just. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really gross. It's. I, I wouldn't want to, but you have to. <laughs> yeah, and enough talk about DK though. He doesn't deserve. That was that was good talk about DK though. A guy who's turning down that you you said that you loved and you have a bias towards, yeah. And then you said it's time to sell him. <laughs> so, like that, I didn't know you had me in the first half, and then I yeah. thought I knew where you were going. And you then know they had us in the first. Half. <laughs> yeah. But like I thought that was good. I mean that's right. a good honest take, Nate. It's it's your go around. My turn again. Um. I guess we already kind of talked about him, but I'll go through two real quick. Uh, uh, we talked about him already, but Deontay Johnson, uh, I think he's clearly been pretty solid over the last two weeks or three weeks since he's been coming back from injury. Uh, I think he, <laughs> in his style of play, is going to be more conducive to the Steelers offense going forward this year. I don't see the Steelers offense getting any more explosive. I think you will see George Pickens getting definitely more touchdowns the rest of the season than Deontay will, but I think Deontay will continue to live in the short to intermediate passing game. Um, I think he's a solid ad right now. If you can get him, you can probably still buy pretty cheap on him. I would say, I don't know. But yeah, that time may have it, a time may have passed already, um, which is unfortunate, especially with the touchdown he just recorded. So I think that's kind of tough. But I think Deontay's trending up, and do you think will continue to kind of? I think he stays pretty consistent the rest of the year. This season is he top fifteen wide receiver? No, top, probably not. Top twenty. Top twenty-five, I think. I'd put him. I'd put him around wide receiver like twenty three or twenty four. For rest, of, rest season, of the season, I might put him wide receiver like eighteen. I just I don't know how that can be possible. So on the two two very different players and situations, but rest of the season, Rasheed Rice or Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, I think. See, I see Rasheed as a top thirty guy. I think. yeah, we we know you do. <laughs> I I agree, yeah. But it's like a it's a lack of talent with Kenny Pickett and the surplus of talent with Mahomes mm-hmm. because they're very obviously. I you think of Deontay as the better receiver, but the situation makes such a huge difference because Steelers are five and three, and they look abysmal on offense. Yeah, but it, Deontay Johnson gets way more targets and opportunities than Rasheed. Right, Rasheed right. for sure yeah. has more touchdown upside, but Deontay Johnson, without question, has the higher ceiling. I think that's why I would choose probably Deontay too. Is like the production is going to come from two guys in Pittsburgh. It's going to be Deontay or George Pickens, I think. 
or Najee's honestly been playing a lot better too as he could he weeks. could be on this segment right yeah now. he could honestly um yeah, as a trending up guy for sure uh but yeah pickens i think he's a top 30 guy the rest of the season but i don't think he cracks top 20 because you could see Kadarius tony get worked in more yeah. i mean it it could kind of come from anywhere in kansas city but so, so you meant rasheed rice not pickens did I say Pickens? Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I meant Rasheed Rice. Okay. Man, you, you had me. You had me, and then you lost. <laughs> you, you said Pickens, and then you're like, "But Kadarius Tony could work in." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I I tend to do that sometimes. Okay. Apologies. Man, who's your no second worries. guy? Uh, I was going to talk about C.J. Stroud too. Oh, um, that also guy. comes in a pair <laughs> with Tank Dell. Um, so I think C.J. Stroud very clearly trending up. Uh, he's easily offensive rookie of the year like i think his odds right now the last time i checked were like minus four thousand to win offensive rookie of the year yeah, he could get um and not play a staff and he's winning it right really? so yeah wow he he's been incredible um ha- has had you know a few rookie moments i think but uh th- i think it was put on display last week in the game against tampa bay throwing for over 400 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, led a game-winning drive with a minute to go, or less than a minute to go even. Um, He's been really impressive. So I think trending up is the entire Houston offense. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I think, rest of the season, top top eight quarterback rest of the season? Eight right now. I'd say top ten. Um, Top ten. So he's QB8 with a yeah. big week. Have they been on bye yet? Yes. Ooh. His schedule, they do have, top 10. They do have to play like the Jets 10. and the Browns. And the Titans twice. And I know it's the Titans, but their defense is still like pretty decent. What what other quarterbacks are outside of top eight that you think should move move into top ten conversation? Or like outside of top ten that should move in. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I don't have the rankings pulled up in front of me. Right I yeah. Now. So after after CJ, it's Kirk Cousins, which obviously he yeah. Won. Josh Dobbs is ten. I there's no way that Josh Dobbs is going to sustain this. There's just no. there's no way. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> no, keep Let's do it. Let's book it right now. Come on. Keep going. Yeah, that's what I thought. No. Dak Prescott's at 11. Jared Goff is at 12. Jared could move up. Brock Purdy's at 13. He won't move up. Let's make a bet. Brock Purdy versus Josh Dobbs rest of the season. Do you really want oh, to do that? I love this. Yeah, let's do it. Fancy points. From here on out or just total... Rest of the season, like if there's a bye week, we'll just do it as a game average. But okay, sure. All right, somebody, some. Let's write. I'm, something I'm jotting down. it down. He, All right, perfect. you owe me Chinese food. <laughs> that, okay. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Love is at 14. He's not going to stay there. Russell Wilson's at 15. Kind of had a sneaky decent season, actually. Trevor. Trevor Lawrence is at 17. Burrow is at 18. Justin Fields is at 21. 
honestly, if Fields is a shell of what he was last year, because Fields was hot. I know it's laughable right now, but Fields was hot Mm -hmm. whenever he went out. My hot take is I don't think Fields is playing for another month. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, then maybe that's a non... There's there's like two guys who could move into the top 10. So CJ Stroud's top 10 rest of the season is not crazy at all. No. Now, do we think you can pass? Do you think we can get in like top five? The guys ahead of him are Herbert, Sam Howell, Tua. There's a three in front of him. Which think... shout out to Sam Howell. Yeah, Herbert has also had a bye week, so he average he's a lot higher. I would say if anybody's going to fall out of the top five, it's going to be Tua. Yes. Yeah, so there's a chance he finishes top five. Okay. Not not a good one, no. but there's a chance. Man, that's crazy. Sorry, Nate. We just um, derailed that. <laughs> do we do we want to keep going or we want to move on to locks of the week? Uh, I'm good with locks of the week. Here, hang on, hand. So we had Joe Mixon trending up. He's scored in the past like in the past three weeks. Rams wide receivers are all down. I had Jordan Addison down. I should delete that because Josh Jobs is nice. But Rams wide receivers down because the Rams just signed Carson Wentz. To me, that's a sign that Matthew Stafford is not close to coming back, in my humble opinion. So they can still be good, but not anywhere close. So, Nate, who's your lock of the week? Oh, I, Leighton, do you mind starting, actually? I can start. Mm-hmm. I already have mine down. I have Colts minus one and a half. All right, Nate, are you ready? No, I'm just kidding. I'll talk a little more about it. So this isn't – I don't even know. This is the last international game, right? Yes. They're playing the Patriots. The Patriots aren't very good. And I don't I don't honestly know how good the Colts are, but I know the Colts can score points. So – and the Patriots haven't shown me a willingness. They're going to give Ramondre Stevenson the ball a lot, who's probably their best offensive weapon, if not second. So I'm going to pick the Colts. The Colts have looked kind of been hot, right? Am I just making this up? They've been on a winning streak, I think. They just beat... Uh, Am I making that? You can incorrect. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they lost to the Saints. Never mind. Ignore me. me. They are not hot. They are hot on offense, which is why I'm picking them over the Patriots. I don't love a ton of these games this week, but I will take the Colts minus one and a half right now. Layden, does it make you nervous at all, this stat I'm about to tell you, that Bill Belichick is 3-0 all-time in international games? No. Doesn't it? (laughs) That makes me a little nervous if I'm taking the Colts, to be honest. I feel like there's so much that uh, goes into like an international game that has to do with operational like functions and just planning ahead and whatnot that a brand new coach in Indianapolis is probably not accounting for. Bill Belichick, been there, done that, had success with it. Fair. Also, stat I heard today, his... His total margin against the spread in international games. So do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. How well he performs against the spread is like plus 30 points. Okay, That's I get insane. it. You don't like my pick, Nate. I understand. No, I'm kind of dunking on Perry right now <laughs> with his with his Colts love. But love uh, 
Can I ask how many of those games was with Tom Brady? All of them. Probably all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's a. I think there's some weight to put into that stat, but I am. That would make me not want to bet this game at all. <laughs> it wouldn't make me want to bet the Patriots. I guess. How many? How many Colts fans are there in Germany, though? Like, I feel like if anything, there's like worldwide Patriot fans just because of how good they were for how long, but. Like, nobody's going to be rooting for the Colts. I can't imagine that there's the Colts are very popular. Depends how many flights yeah. out in Germany. I don't think most international individuals could point to a map where Indianapolis is. That's on a, like probably... within 500 miles. Is this is this game in Frankfurt again? Yes. Yeah. I just, that's. That's so tough. You get to see the Chiefs and the Dolphins play last week, and now it's Mac Jones versus Gardner Minshew. <laughs> That's brutal. You, is there a bigger downgrade in quarterbacks? There's no, I don't know if there's a bigger downgrade Yikes. out there. Yeah, that's tough. Well, John, what is your lock of the week? So the week I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag because I think this is gonna be the game that surprises everybody. As I started to look at this, <sighs> I the love team, it. It, I. It's it's bold, but you know why why pick like a a one point favorite, you know, or a one and a half point favorite? I mean, that just seems that seems silly to me. We forgot to recap uh, last week, but that's okay. <laughs> I this team plays close games. Going back and looking, besides their win against the Steelers, most the majority of their games have been fairly close, and I think that coming off of a hot week. The Texans <laughs> could surprise a lot of people in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's probably the hottest team in football right now. But I think Houston could surprise a lot of people, and I think this might be a closer game than you'd think. I could see it being a 10-point game where, you know, there's a late touchdown or something, and Cincinnati just kind of seals it, and Houston doesn't have time to recover, or it's a two-score game and it's out of reach, and it just doesn't happen. But – seven's a lot that even even for Cincinnati just because there's still that creeping thought and I know Burrow's healthy now but they looked really bad for a, a while um so I, I like I like the seven points it's a it's a comfy feeling to sleep at night knowing that you automatically start 7-0 so I'm I'm rolling with Houston plus seven I like I like that pick um I think I like that because I'm not totally sold on the Bengals' defense being back. And I also like the idea that the Texans can put up points. So if they right. were down 14 late in the fourth quarter, they could get a touchdown to at least push or also, maybe cover. CJ Stroud's gone home. Oh, that's true. Ah. Back to Ohio. Interesting. I don't know if that's where he's from, but he went to Ohio State. Right. Yeah. Probably not from there, but... That's interesting. Okay, this game I'm going to pick, and I don't feel great about it, but it is to continue on my campaign against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers plus three against the Steelers. Um, the Steelers shouldn't be five and three. The Steelers, this is actually like a horrible handicap for this game. Mike Tomlin is a 500 coach. He, this is a bad team objectively this is a bottom five offense in the nfl defense is pretty good still 
but um i think that the fact that they're five and three and they're laying three to green bay who is a pretty bad team but i think that green bay can definitely cover this with the field goal um I think also Green Bay's got a little momentum now coming off a win. They honestly didn't look great against the Rams, but I mean, I think it was kind of a good sign for them and a much needed win for that team uh, after probably a four game losing streak, I believe. So that was a pretty big one to come back from. I think Green Bay can kind of shut down this Pittsburgh offense. Honestly, the move in this game is the under under 39 might be the play. I don't think there's many points scored, but I'm going to ride with green Bay plus three. I love it. Well, quick tidbit, uh, tidbit. <laughs> gosh, what, I don't know what that was. Uh, quick, <laughs> quick tidbit about Mike Tomlin. Whenever I was looking up the MVP candidate, uh, they also showed coach of the year he is currently, Listed as the favorite to win have. coach of the year. This team's bad. I'm just tired of it, man. Like, <laughs> I, like Nate said, he's a 500 coach. I'm just, I'm really tired of the praise that he gets, and he probably is a good. He's coach. a great. Coach. Like, a, but I'm just All tired favorite. of it. I, really? Yeah. Probably. Ugh. That feels like Eli Manning being oh, in the Hall of Fame. Like he has to be there, <laughs> but. Does anybody really want him there? Also, to recap, the lock of the weeks from last week, John and I hit. John hit with the Commanders plus three and a half. I hit with the Chiefs minus one and a half. Nate, how did your lock of the week go? My lock of the week lost by 30 points, I think. Can I take a victory lap on that? (laughs) Yes, John, you should take a victory lap on that. You called out Seattle's fraudulent activity. Thank you. Great job. I Thank wish you. I would have seen that, but uh, I was dead wrong on that. Sorry, and guys. the Ravens are better than I thought they were, to be honest. And Seattle's worse than I thought they were. Seattle's Seattle, worse than you thought they were. Seattle had like eight first downs, I think, in the game. Oh, no. Yep. That I, Honestly, before we get off, I have to check. It could have been seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a terrible game, though. Um, they got... They got outgained by, I believe, like 380 yards. Oh, no. Let's just, let's figure this out real quick. Uh, oh, okay. Total yards, Seattle 151. Baltimore 515 total yards. <sighs> Baltimore 29 first down, Seattle 6. Wow. Baltimore had the ball oh. for 21 more minutes than Seattle oh, did. No. How? As a coach, how do you go into the locker room on Monday and just be like, guys, like we can build from this? Like, how do you put a positive spin? <laughs> how do you I put mean, a positive spin on that one? Yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah, you, you try to erase everybody's memory. <laughs> that was horrible. You better show up with like cookies and milk and try and win the locker room back. That's brutal. A peace offering for that shelling Yikes. they just took. That's crazy. I've never heard. Yeah. Is that like a NFL all-time low? Six first downs. It has to be. <laughs> That's crazy. well, no, because remember the Broncos—they started that wide receiver at quarterback. Oh, uh, against the Saints that game. Yeah, I do remember that. What? Yeah, the when the whole quarterback room got COVID, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. And they started somebody, some six-string wide receiver who played quarterback in college for a year. They yeah. they had to maybe get three first downs. There's no way. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's close this out. This has been a long one, maybe the longest one ever. So it's up there. It's, it was great though. It was honestly. fun. It was a good one. I'm not I'm not upset. I'm just saying people are probably over. You it. sound a little upset. Your <laughs> eyes are getting squinty over there. Past mm. Layton's bedtime. Yeah. No, we, He's hungry. He's on 38. Come on, guys. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Good luck in your games this week. We'll catch you later. Thanks, guys.